This week on the show, Carl's infamous Christmas gift for Suzanne, the one he got on value at Boots. Also, the French code word to go to war, which I did a bit of background research on. I've got a video coming up which seems to support Carl. All that and more. Support the show on Patreon. You know that. Uh, We'll mention the finished Carl's childhood illustration, the one done in the style of his favourite artist, Lowry. It is finished. It is on the Patreon. You can check it out there. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Carly Pilk Boys podcast with me, David Ferrier. And Stephen Merchant. Uh, we're air checking the old Ricky Gervais XFM shows. I've listened heaps. This is Zach's first time through. We're up to series two, episode 19, which is a best of. So we're skipping that, going straight to episode 20, the first show of 2003. It was broadcast on the 4th of January. So no like long Christmas and New Year's holiday for these fellas. No, and it even feels like that it's in that period. You know, they're a bit more relaxed. I love that time of year. Where the office is empty. It feels, yeah. yeah. It actually sort of feels halfway towards being on holiday where it's like, well, the pressure's off. I'm And I'm imagining too, it's snowing. Do you reckon it's snowing? In my mind, there's snow outside. In it's London. freezing cold. If anyone can tell us, was it snowing in London on January 4, 2003? Please get in touch. Carly Pilk boys, look us up. Someone might have one of those memories where they just remember what the... Um, uh, weather was for the last 30 years. You know, you've heard people that can do that. Mm-hmm. Well, like the people who can fly over a city and then draw it from memory. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Yeah. It's like a savant skill. Yeah. Uh, well, look, if you are one of those people, or maybe you just remember it because it was a particularly bad hangover from New Year's and then the 4th of January was when you finally emerged <laughs> and walked outside and went, bloody hell, it's snowing. Uh, get in touch with us. By the us. way, my impression is that it snows in London every Christmas. Is See, that's I don't not think accurate. it does. <laughs> uh, 2003. What were the big events of 2003? It was when the Iraq War started, uh, I seem to remember. Okay. I don't know why that's the first thing I thought of. Uh, it was like Carl start a war segment in this he uh, does. episode? He does. Maybe war's very top of mind. I'm just thinking. That's like, not the Iraq War, man. The Iraq War started in um, 2009. Mm, After nine eleven, two thousand nine. Oh, sorry, <laughs> two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. I think I think you'll find the like Iraq, the 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 actual invasion of right. Iraq. Well, let's look it up. This is the uh, Iraq War retrospective podcast. So they were um they kind of react to nine eleven and then they um get the troops together. Well, yeah. Although nine eleven and the Iraq War. I know they're, they're, they're not one in the same. Okay, they're separate, are yeah. they? The Iraq War was more about Saddam Hussein. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, this is of, getting real fun real quick. The weapons of mass destruction. The 20th of March, 2003 there to December 15, 2011. Don't question him on wars. <laughs> I'm a war guy. Um, Never forget, son. But it was <laughs> very good from you, Thank Zach. Thank you. Thank you. Zach's first time through the shows, and there we go. We've got a callback. We've got a reference. I was um, the height of, we get a little reference to it here. It was the height of 
Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's phenomena. so funny that um the Steve twin- has backed the wrong horse. Oh, big time! He, tr- he makes a joke about what's the difference between this. Sh- oh, what's the what is it? What's the similarity between this show and Lord of the Rings, or what's the same thing? They're both interminable, or something. Yeah, and it's awful. like what? Like don't. And it's Lord not the first the time. They've great. railed against that, and they continue to rail against Lord and of the Rings. Seems, and because it's Potter. fantasy. Yeah. But not all fantasies are the same. Yeah. Um, and he says uh, it became a bit of a family tradition that they they would go and see the latest Lord of the Rings movie, which as it was for, for my family, actually. Yeah, that would be in 2003. Like Boxing Day, it was always when it came out. The latest one is probably eight days out now at the time of this recording. Uh, I think the Twin Towers was newly out and mm. it was the number one one movie in the in the world. Um is that right? Yeah, no, cuz cuz Return of the King was the end of 2003. Mm-hmm. They came out one year after another. Uh let's get into the air check. So it is the first show of the new year and Carl's come back refreshed and ready to roll with a bunch of new ideas including rituals. We're going to hear uh, a bunch of those coming up in the show. Um they talk a little bit about New Year's and that Carl spent New Year's Day with Suzanne seeing a musical on the West End. Um, sucks to be a performer having to go to work on New Year's Day. And, well, I suppose it, that's the business. Yeah. That's when the uh, audiences are there ready to – I think they'd love it. It's probably like a bit of a tradition built into it, the uh, oh, holiday yeah. period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know a few people in musicals. Like I know I've got friends who were just in town for Frozen the musical, which was on in Brisbane, mm. and now they've travelled on to um, Adelaide. And I was just in Melbourne working on the cartoon and I went and saw Hamilton. Oh, yeah. And um, I know someone in the cast there and out like it's a – it is a dedicated lifestyle. Yeah. Eight What's- shows a week and then when you're not performing, you basically have to be on vocal rest. What does that mean? You can't talk. Well, you can't go do karaoke or go to a – uh, a football game and scream. And do they enforce that? Is there some yep. type of uh, is there some type of ankle chain that goes around your yep. neck? <laughs> it starts to beep. <laughs> that then. beeps if you get too loud. Shit! <laughs> no, when they go into the theater each night, there's like a a nurse who goes, "Open your mouth. You've been using these vocal cords, haven't you? Mm. Naughty, naughty." Um. Uh, oh, but the first thing, the first like um bit we'll, we'll focus on is in break three. Where I think that story you just told was you wanting to say you saw Hamilton. It doesn't seem like that was going anywhere. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> saw Hamilton. So what? I also saw the picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, anyway, I'll cut all of that out and we'll go on to break three, um, Carl's Christmas, where he talks about his gifts for Suzanne. Uh, in the last show, the he was saying, well, we're, we're going out for dinner. And Ricky and Steve were like, that's not enough. You've got to get her some actual gifts to unwrap under the Christmas tree. First of all, how do you feel about that? Like, I think there's some merit. Like, it yeah. is, It's you nice need- to unwrap things. Yeah. My wife and I um, sometimes don't – we'll be like, we won't do gifts this year because we've been on a holiday or something. But it's always – it's still like, oh, but let's still get something to unwrap. Yeah. Something small. You want to unwrap something on Christmas Day. Um, what did Suzanne get to unwrap? Well, this. got her a present, right? And she said, she had to came and said, uh, yeah, you got me. It was, it was an industrial sized packet of condoms. It was a joke gift. No, it, no, wasn't, it wasn't a, a joke, joke gift. It wasn't even a joke. Close to Carl's strangest thing he's ever done, do you think, on the show? 
I just cannot right up get there. my head around <laughs> the thought process. Yes. What, why he thought that was a good idea. Even when he explains it and he says it's about the surprise, it doesn't still doesn't make any sense. Is it meant to be practical? Is it meant to be a joke? Is it meant to be something that you'll actually like? Like it's, that, it seems like that's a admin purchase, like something that you'd just get in the the yeah, the, the, like, the look, weekly I, I grocery got you some bills, milk and yeah. toilet paper and some spray and wipe. Yeah, well, that's Merry kind of what Christmas. they don't they joke about um that he paid the milk bill for someone. Hey, well I bought you milk for this week <laughs> as a gift. Even if it was like paying a bill, which would actually be helpful and quite a lot of money, that still is a bad gift. You're kind of like, well, there's nothing. It doesn't feel like a gift. It just feels like you're taking care of admin for me. Yeah. But the fact that they're condoms also kind of seems like uh, there's half a present for him. <laughs> Again, that's what it's always. You're involved. You benefit. You benefit from the dinner. You benefit from the condoms. Uh, then on to break four, they have the Rockbusters clues. I didn't write any of those ones down. Break five, um, Carl talks about his failed New Year's Eve plans. They went to go to a restaurant, but he booked the wrong one. They ended up staying in and going to bed at 11 p.m. Mm. Failed New Year's plans. Are you a big New Year's Eve? No, I kind of, it's too late. When, especially now that I'm uh, 30, or in my 30s, sorry, Um what parties are hitting their peak at midnight now? Few. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so it always feels like that it's lagging. You've got to kind of stretch it out. to. to it, I always feel like midnight comes and then very soon after it's like, all right, all right see you. We're everyone. done. We made it. It's the end of the night rather than the, the, the big Yeah, moment. the peak in the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, it feels like at our age you – and it's not like, oh, I can't, po- like, I couldn't possibly stay up longer. You just don't want to. You're just like, I just don't. I think I'm not as year. amused by the idea of staying up all, la- all night unless you're with people who are taking drugs. Right. And then you're like, fuck, yes, let's go. Push through. I think last year I probably didn't stay up. I had a young child. I'm pretty confident I probably, oh, I think we had like, I remember the year before also I had a baby, a new baby, and I think, like, we had dinner and went to bed probably very early. Actually, I'm positive we did because I remember thinking on New Year's Day, wow, this is, like, the most sprightly I've felt on New Year's Day in a long time. Yeah, there was a solid decade where I'd start every day of the new year horribly hungover, very late. But now it is more, well, it's the first day of the new year. I want to start off on the right foot. Well, often in Australia, too, it's a beautiful day. It was like Stunning. middle of summer. Yeah. And so like it's often a nice day. And so it's always a great day to surf. When I was younger, I always oh, used yeah. to surf early because you get like uh, no, no one's, one's out there. there. Yeah. Christmas day as well is yeah. a good surfing day. Although people do tend to go out surfing a fair bit. Um, well, that day you've got all the new surfboards. You know, people who've got the kids who have got new boards, they're like, I want to go try it out. That's but true. New Year's Day, it's like everyone's hungover. Yeah, mum and dad's hungover. They don't want to go out. There. No. Taking you to the beach. Um, yeah. It's also um, the sun rises in um, where we are in early. summer at like 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And so like if you were to go surfing early, you're literally – lots of people pass out on the beach. 
<laughs> you know, after a big night or they slept on the beach to watch the sunrise. That's like a thing that people would do because 4.30 is not that late in the night mm. to go watch the sunrise. Mm. And New so, Year's was literally four hours ago. Yeah, so um, the beach usually has quite a lot of people. So you're kind of stepping over <laughs> people like sleeping. Where is this? Like, it's on the Sunshine Coast? Everywhere, man. Gold Coast would be the same thing. Uh-huh. Like, um, well, Gold Coast, yeah, definitely. If you walk uh, along Broad Beach or something. Um, yeah, there's usually people around. Uh, going, you know, their night's not over. There, you talk about like it is the middle of summer, and Perth, like Brisbane, gets quite hot. And I just have memories; I can still feel it of like insane, over the top nights, New Year's, and then you wake up at like midday, and then have to like if you're not in your own home, you have to make your way home. And like I'm younger, so I, you know, it might have even been before Uber, or I just had no money. So like, or I'm close enough that I can walk, and just walking home in 37 degree heat with like a horrible hangover, dehydrated already, is just not a fun experience. Mm. Um, yeah, last 21 into 22 was definitely the like, all right, we made it to the fireworks. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> um, what were you doing? New Year's Eve 2002 yeah, to 2003. Well, that was um, going from primary I think school I probably, to high school. I think I probably was at the beach. Like it was like a beach party. We would have been making um, kind of backyard fireworks ourselves. Did you used to do that? No. With, um, well, so I you, probably are you talking about sparkle bombs? Yeah. Yeah. You get sparklers and basically put them in some foil and light it. No, no, not foil. That You need something that's going to contain them better. Oh, okay. Something harder. Like a some Tupperware? What worked quite well was... Um, the, uh, like uh, bottle caps, you know, the hard plastic, and then you drill a hole in the top because it needs pressure. The foil, this is becoming like make your own fireworks <laughs> chat. But surprisingly, it was always like, because you're at parties with your parents, right? And um, we'd do like sometimes for Christmas or New Year's, we'd do like a neighborhood, kind of like what Carl's talking about actually in the last episode. But um, we wouldn't do it on Christmas Day, but you'd have like a neighborhood party. And we were never allowed to play with fire, obviously, because that's a horrible idea. But then sometimes as the night went on, the parents would kind of start getting into it because, like, they would, they'd be like, yeah, make another one. They're starting to enjoy watching the fireworks that you're making. Wow. <laughs> so, like, sometimes – I remember sometimes thinking, like, oh, we're going to get told to stop doing this. And then sometimes I'd be like, hang on, they seem to be into it. <laughs> we might get away with it tonight. And how do you make a pipe bomb? <laughs> That I don't know. We we were able to survive. They did kind of get more elaborate where we would, because Jackass had just come out and would try to jump our bikes through like a <laughs> like a, fl- a flame of sparkle. Jackass has so many childhood injuries. I know. One time, for. you know, we'd, yeah, we'd put them in different places and stuff. And thankfully, we uh, managed to escape with that uh, somehow. Mm. I don't think we would ever, they never, they weren't things that exploded. They just shot flames out so i don't think it was a danger of losing a finger or anything but i think there was a danger of burns but or somehow like a projectile of, you know yeah something. getting it in your eye yeah. or because it was melting plastic either <laughs> breathing in the flames <laughs> or getting it stuck on you i imagine getting melting plastic stuck on you is not a good idea but somehow we managed to avoid all of that we'd put them on our bikes we'd one put of them the lucky under ones. the seats we put them under the seats of our bikes so it looked like that you were like getting pr- <laughs> like a rocket power <laughs> wow you know, there used to be Guy Fawkes Night in Australia. It used to be called I'm Cracker sure Night. They have um, fireworks in the UK. 
Was Guy Fawkes Night still a thing? Get in touch with us, CarlyPilkBoysPod at gmail.com. Um, because it was still, it, it was called Cracker Night, but because I've just finished doing this radio show, which was called The Greatest, and it was all about like the greatest music of all time, I'd often talk about the year that the songs were released. And 1983, we found this news story about like, Cracker Night's coming up and uh, parents need to be warned because um, it's dangerous for the kids. And the police had like a puppet, like a police puppet saying, Take care, kiddies, because if you burn your finger, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, a few digits later, got lost, and um, fireworks now outlawed in Australia. You can't have them. They're banned. <laughs> Fair call to you. Nanny State. This uh, age, though, do you remember when you like, I was like 12 or 13, it was like it wasn't about partying or, or yet yeah, it was about like, Oh, we get to stay up late. Homemade explosives. But we could play Spotlight. That, or we could uh, run around spotlight, the neighborhood. Red Rover all over. Like yeah. all of those front yard games. And we while, can kind of do it at night when we're not yeah. usually allowed out. Yeah. And- I'm old enough, and it's only going to make me feel older and older as time goes on. Like I was, I, I just turned 14 for the millennium. <laughs> like I remembered like the year 2000, New Year's, very clearly. We had a big street party. I went to a street party in Sydney. We were like traveling. Oh wow! Yeah, and I think I remember. I remember seeing fireworks in the distance. In my mind, they were the Harbour fireworks, like the yeah. famous ones. Thinking about it now, they were probably just some like local council right, some, fireworks or some kids or some in the kids. backyard. You know what own. I remember from the New Year's? Right, we weren't allowed from the Millennium New Year's. Razor scooters had just come out. They were like all revolutionary, the rage, and some kids that were there had some. And I was begging my parents to let me have a go because they were so smooth. Remember how smooth they mm. were? It was like the it was like compared to a skateboard or rollerblades. It's like mm. these are amazing. They had those like gel wheels, mm. but the parents of one of the kids had hit a rock and smashed her jaw, like broke her jaw or something, because she went over the handlebars and hurt herself. And my parents were like, "No, they're dangerous. You're not going anywhere near them." And so we weren't allowed to ride these kids' scooters. But go surfing on your own tomorrow morning. Yeah, that was fine. <laughs> uh, in break five, in the same break, Carl, this has happened once before, but it was Steve last time. Carl basically pitches the idea for Idiot Abroad. Another one I'm, I'm thinking of doing. Do you know the film Around the World in 80 Days? Ooh. Around the World in 80 Gervais. And what? what I do, I give you like little uh, things, like little bits of information about countries. So that if you go, you'd go like... Oh, I'd- I- don't want to go there. <laughs> which is essentially, it, Idiot Abroad is like the anti-travel show, which is like... Well, they've reversed it on him yeah. because Ricky's gone, yeah, I love it, except instead of you doing it to me, yeah, <laughs> we'll do it to you. <laughs> uh, in break six, do we need him? The octopus, the octopus survives. That guy, whoever he talks to, puts up a good case. I actually listened to this one again. Um, it was a good chat. The guy was just having none of it. It's also funny that he never introduces the guy or his qualifications. I have no idea. I don't who think he, he even was. knows because yeah. they ask him at the end. He goes, "I think his name was Chris." Carl <laughs> <laughs> uh, pitches another show idea: celebrities being homeless in Australia. There was a show, Filthy Rich and Homeless, which wasn't necessarily celebrities, just um, like wealthy people. It strikes me as something that you could do as like a charity night. Well, there is the CEO Sleepout yeah, as well, which is that. an annual. And your charity. And then on to break seven, Carl's new segment, What Do You Think Of That? Um, and he talks about the first bomb that was dropped on Berlin in World War II. Didn't kill any people, but it killed an elephant, which is true. Here's um, an article I copied and pasted. 
The first major air raid on the German capital killed an elephant in the Berlin Zoo. Many articles and blogs falsely claim that the British bomb killed the only elephant in the zoo. This falsity has made so many rounds on the internet that it has become an urban legend. No matter how sad, it's a shame that it is not true because what actually happened is even worse. The Berlin Zoo had nine elephants at the beginning of World War II. The Indian elephant bull called Siam was the only pachyderm to survive the Allied bombing raids. The first one was killed in 1940, then the bombs fell in 1944, killed seven more, leaving Siam all alone in what was left of his enclosure. I mean, that's sad, but we're talking in the context of air raids and wars here. I mean, like, people die. Mm. I don't understand why this, like, uh, like I'm upset that the elephant died, but I don't know why it's such a sad story in the context of millions of people dying. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i be honest, I mostly just skim read and copied and pasted. There was a fair bit of edit. I f- feel like whoever wrote this is a real elephant advocate. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, it's also like, why was the story changed to the only... What, does that make a difference? Yeah, why, who cares? Like, that it, was, it was like one elephant or like it was the only elephant in the zoo. These are elephants in captivity, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like This is already a sad oh, story. What a shit bit of luck. I know. Yeah, taken out of your natural habitat. And then there's a war. And be taken care of by bloody Nazis and then you're bombed to death. Like where their homes in the Sahara Plains, are there many air raids there? I wouldn't have thought so. I don't think that's uh, how they find their end usually. So this this zoo, Siam, the real victim of World War II. I, think I don't even understand agree. why that's a tidbit. Like, why is that interesting to go the only... Was it to go, like, oh, the well, raid was so unsuccessful? Like, is it a piece of propaganda that's like they can't even do an It's an, an oddity raid? that it's, like, the first air raid on the capital city of Germany yeah, killed right. one elephant. But so, air Not raids even, like, a cat or a dog. necessarily meant to have casualties. Like, they might be to knock out a bridge or to but knock out... I think that's also what's funny is, like, air raids are meant to knock out critical infrastructure. Right, Not right lads. Well, maybe it was. I've got the zoo in my sights. Maybe the elephant was like well known for coming up with war strategies. Well, elephants never forget. Yeah. Maybe it had the full Hitler's full plans just locked away in its brain, <laughs> and like at those elephants that paint, they would put a brush in its trunk and it would paint it all out. It is it. kind of strange for the an airstrike that seems to be very fairly broadly reaching to just were any other animals in the zoo killed. I, well, if 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 it was only the elephant, I think that's what makes it. So it 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 bounced over the cheetah enclosure, <laughs> ricocheted off the owl. Seems quite cage. targeted. What was the issue they and had then, with elephants? I'm telling you, it was the uh, the the elephant had the Enigma code. <laughs> yeah, elephant Enigma code. Uh, in break eight, they then continue talking about war. And this is a new segment, by the way. Yeah, I thought he was pitching. Just um, educating Ricky, but then they call it later on your new segment. What do you think of that? Which is just, no, is it not Ricky? I'm confused now. Well, no, because, because I thought educating- it was in Educating Ricky, but then later Ricky Because Educating goes- Ricky, he comes up with the pun titles. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought it was. But then later Ricky calls it like your new segment oh, about war. Okay. <laughs> well, this one was um, the French code to launch an attack. <gasps> All right. Okay. What was it, Carl? What was the Yeah. Code? What, what, what the are the you thinking code? of? Right. John's got a moustache. What are you talking about? My lungs are going to burst. That was... As always, I've done a bit of digging, and as is often the case, 
Carl is correct. He he has misinterpreted it. He, he It's kind of been filtered through Carl. But this is from the Ricky Gervais Reddit. As usual, Carl was 100% right. This is a clip from the 1962 movie called The Longest Day. Uh, and this is a French guy. You might have to come around here so you can see the screen. A French guy sitting at uh, uh, like a kitchen table listening to the radio. Voici notre huitième bulletin d'information. Veuillez écouter tout d'abord quelques messages personnels. Demain, la mélasse deviendra du cognac. tomorrow will bring forth cognac. Demain, la mélasse deviendra du cognac. Jean a de longues moustaches. John has a long moustache. Jean a de longues moustaches. Okay, the guy is just, he's eating soup. He's just dropped his spoon into his bowl. He looks stunned. Sabine a les oreillons et la jaunie. Je répète. Sabine a les oreillons et la jaunie. Jean a de longues moustaches. Je répète. So he goes over and grabs his helmet. So look, Wait, it, hang it, on. This, this is, is this. Sorry, I thought it was going to be a code amongst the army, like you know, a general. So there's a. They're in the trenches. Yeah, they're ready. They're waiting for the signal to go. Yeah, the whistle. But usually, this guy's in his house having soup. <laughs> what is it? A call to arms. So this is look. This is from Reddit. So I haven't you know fully fact checked this. Take it with a grain of salt. But someone who uh, in the comments said it was. It was code broadcast by the French resistance to mobilise right. their forces after the Allies had landed in Normandy. Uh, it sounds true, like, it, you know, whatever. It's at least true enough that um, the myth is beyond something Carl found. Like, they've put this it's in. It's been depicted. Yeah. Yeah, that's a John Wayne movie, um, apparently, The Longest Day. But, yes, no, the way Carl tells it, you'd think they're walking through the troops going, like, got a letter from home? No, oh, yeah, I did. Oh, my wife's had a baby. Anyway, you see, John has, John's got a moustache. John! <laughs> Not quite the case. In break nine, they just hook into ads. And then in break ten, we get an office fun fact that Cat Stevens sitting was the alternate choice for the office theme Um Instead of, uh, not tea for the tiller man, that's... Um, extras. extras. Instead of... Um, glad rags. Glad, glad handbags and glad rags. That's one of those facts. File that away. If you ever go to an office trivia night, mm. I feel like that's one of the... That'll be one or of the advanced Or if you questions. run an office trivia night, slip that in there. And you can even get the recording. You know how sometimes they like to go, here's a recording of Steve uh, Yeah, it. to prove it. But um, interestingly, as you just said, in extras, they do use a Cat Stevens track, T for the Tillerman, because in this episode they say what that Cat Stevens wanted too much money, didn't he? So they they obviously were able to negotiate a rate or they got more money or... Yeah. Or maybe T for the Tillerman, because isn't that track kind of like an intro to the album? It's like only a minute long. Uh, yeah, or an it's outro. very short. Yeah. And I wonder if he's like, you can have that one. It's <laughs> not like, you know, that's not one of the biggies. <laughs> or maybe they just had more budget this time. Because they even say that um, handbags and glad racks, they had to record their own version of it. Because for whatever reason, that was cheaper. Oh, okay. That's, not, that that's not Rod Stewart singing. Oh. In the office. So but, there might be a difference between like buying the rights to the song and then buying the the um, recorded rights. Yeah, something. something like that. I've not actually heard Cat Stevens Hi, sitting. I'm Luke oh, Blink. Listen, ad. Okay, chief executive. Are you with this energy company, by the way, that's trying to get everyone to change energy companies? 
They're no? saying they can no longer be competitive. It's the weirdest thing. Are they are famous for, they first, when they came on, it was like this small energy company. They made their own ads and they were very proud of that for some, I don't really understand why, but they very much looked homemade. Um, they were like, kind of looked like YouTube sketches and they're like, we make our own ads. Then they kind of got big enough that it was like the ads were no longer made by them. But now they're saying, because energy prices are getting so expensive, don't go with us. But I kind of think, and they're kind of making headlines because they're doing advertising of like, you shouldn't sign up with us. But I think it's just a ploy to get. Well, I'm I'm with them. They're called Reamped. And, um, and it's been a relentless, like that, I've had phone calls. I've had letters in the mail. Every YouTube ad, every ad on Instagram is like, there's still time to change. There, You get a $100 gift card if you switch with finder.com or whatever. Yeah, like don't go with us. I'm sus- I'm suspicious. I'm, I am like, what's going on here? Well, interestingly, with those YouTube um, sketches where the people, the employees were in the ads. Like um, Bunnings. I saw the guy walking near my house. Oh, yeah. My wife's like, that's the guy from those ads. So they must be like local. Yeah. Anyway. Tangent over, back to Cat Stevens sitting. You know, we can't really play this whole song, but I just want to get a sense of it. Because this is the one, Steve said he still would have preferred this song. Um, I don't know, it's hard to imagine now, isn't it? Because it was so successful. Oh, this is good though. It is, this is nice. Oh, I'm on my way. I, know I just want to see the lyrics. Somewhere not so far from here. All I know is all I feel right. The thing about handbags and glad rags is like the lyrics don't match. Well, they aren't directly related, but there is just this like melancholy about it. Well, which I just you'll fits find beautifully that there's not many songs written about the office experience. <laughs> <laughs> there's not much about photocopying, <laughs> catching up in meetings. That's true. There's a gap in the market. Got a meeting book for 10.30. It should probably just be an email. But instead, we'll be in there for 90 minutes. I heard a um, song the other day by Ballpark Music. Do you know Ballpark Music? Mm, yeah. And um, it was about, like, putting your phone down. And it kind of struck me as, like, um, or being addicted to your phone. It struck me as being quite, um, I was like, this feels strange because it's about something quite modern. But then I was like, well, I guess... People have always written songs about what's happening mm. at the time, and that mm. is something that's quite relevant to people. Yeah, but it kind of I'm like you know you have the themes that you're allowed to talk about <laughs> love and loss. Yeah, and it's like yeah. you're not allowed to, and then maybe being happy. It's like those are the only things you're allowed to be being happy, being sad, or having a loved one, or losing a loved one. Yeah. those are the only things you're allowed to write songs about. But why is it any less meaningful to write a song about anything else? Because you risk dating the song. I think. That's what it like is. They're, they're timeless That's what it is. concepts, love and, and loss. Anyway, I want to try to find a, um, a chorus for this one. Me. I don't need this to see long. I keep on wondering if I sleep too long. Will I always wake up the same or so? Yeah, I can see. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. That's pretty good. And keep on wondering if I sleep too long. Yeah, so that's good. You, are you, you know, like um, Tim's sleeping through his yeah, life. Yeah, that's a what I'm bit. thinking. It does fit as a metaphor for like you're going through the the motions. 
I keep wondering if I sleep too long, will I ever wake up again or something? Yeah. If I keep compromising. Life your body. Yeah, 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 yeah. Will I ever? Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, would have worked. Alternative universe somewhere out there. That is the theme to The Office. Um, and then Ricky's new feature, he introduces, uh, we're back to the show now. Ricky Diculous. Ricky Diculous. Which I love. Fun I love Fun this, to say. I love the name. I love the premise. I love how quickly it's over. Yes. They do it in like 30 <laughs> seconds. And Carl just wants to, he's like, I will engage with the game by the rules, but I want it over as quickly as possible. <laughs> so as soon as he hears the one that's fake, he's like, that- ridiculous, let's move on. Like he doesn't even take a breath. You said, I, I'm picking up that you're advocating for short segments, like the do we need them? Could have been done in 15 seconds. That's right. But also- Would have been punchier and funnier. Um I like Ricky Ridiculous. I think uh, does he bring it back? Is that the only time he, it's done? He does at least one more that I can. Think but this of. is also a reaction to Carl being upset that the guys aren't bringing anything. Mm. He's like, I've come in with all these different segments. You guys were meant to bring stuff and you didn't. And he seems genuinely upset by it because they ask him, "You're a bit uh, down today," and he's like, "Well, you know, you guys were meant to. I'm the only one contributing." And I feel like that while the song was going, Ricky was like, "Yeah, okay, okay well, I, I will up. do. I'll come up with a yeah, ridiculous." He, at some point, he like. Hangs shit on Steve for being down on his ideas, and Steve was like, "No, I'm, I'm not. I'm genuinely interested well, in your ideas." Well, this is what I found interesting in this episode, and they fall into this a lot, and I relate to this because I fell into a similar dynamic before. When the joke is that it's bad, when it's good, it's bad. So if he comes up with good facts, the content is bad. When mm. he comes up with bad facts, because they riff on. On the moustache thing. And they have mm-hmm. a great riff. Mm. They, they play the characters in their trench mm-hmm. and they go, oh, and they have a great riff on it. So, and, and Carl even says, you guys found that interesting. So why, you know, you got, you found it really fun. So why are you getting stuck into me that I did a bad job? And it is this funny thing where to be good, he has to do bad. Yes. And then, so like, I wonder when they hang up the microphone, so they go, actually, Carl, yeah, that is the type of thing we want. So keep coming with that. Even yeah. though we say it's bad on air, um, that's perfect. Or do they kind of go, because if Carl's encouraged to actually find interesting things, it just becomes a show that has tidbits. It is like their duty is to advocate for good bits that would then make the show they're doing less Interesting yeah, and yeah. funny. The, the, so then Carl's job, he has to push back by always bringing bad stuff. And they do, and they manage to do it. Because there are, are a few times where he brings genuinely, like it's usually the origins of sayings where they go like, okay, yeah, cool. That sounds interesting. But then it's it boring right. to listen to. And it's boring to listen to. So I wonder how intentional that was. And I wonder I'd if they like need to, to say it was him, organic. They need to say like, look, even though we're saying that it's bad, we want more stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Then they wrap up with Rockbusters answers, Dear Light, Aerosmith, and Wilson Pickett. And that's it. We're done. This has been um, What's our run fairly time? short, 35 minutes. I thought it was an <laughs> hour. We, we, we uh, usually go an hour. So, uh, but look, we may as well just wrap it up here because we're at the end. Um, next show, Series 2, Episode 21, Why Did Carl's Mum Shave a Cat? We'll get the answer to oh, that question. That in it's in my illustration. Uh, we get a very scary story about a woman seeing herself as a child. And do we need him? Returns next week. It's all about snails. Get around us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Carly Pilk Boys. Contact us, Carly Pilk Boys Pod at gmail.com, Instagram, Carly.pilkboys, Zach Manda on Instagram and TikTok. 
I'm David Ferrier Cartoons. Uh, well, I'll have a cartoon, an actual animated show that you could watch there in the next, um, in the near future. Um, Zach, anything, anything else before we finish? No. All right. Short one this week. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. John's got a moustache.